Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our Gospel proclamation comes from the Old Testament reading of Genesis chapter 18 and serves as the basis of our theme for the seventh Sunday after Pentecost. May the light of Christ shine on ours and their sin. What is the point of prayer? I mean, if you think about it logically for just a moment, if God knows everything, and he does, if God knows what we need and when we need it, and he does, and if God can discern our thoughts before we can even think them, and he can, what's the point of prayer? Now, if you know the answer, and I'm sure many, if not most of you do, don't say anything yet, because it does have something to do with how God is acting in our lesson today mm -hmm. with the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Because their outcry is great, our Old Testament lesson says, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. Really? The omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God of the universe needs to confirm the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah? It's not like they were hiding it. I mean, they were no less shameful and public than half of the LGBTQ community we see making a name for themselves in the cultural media of the world today. It's pretty clear where they stood then, pretty much where they stand today. We don't believe God's inerrant and infallible word, and we're not going to abide by it. So why in the world would God need any confirmation at all? Just rain down the fire from heaven and let's get on to Isaac, Jacob, and Esau, and Joseph's technicolor dream code already. We all know what's coming. Why bother debating Abraham about it? You're going to do what you're going to do, whether we have anything to do with it. Like when we were kids. We may have had a plan for the day, but our parents frequently had other ideas. Maybe you were looking forward to a day at the swimming hole or at the local pool, but Dad wanted the lawn mowed. Maybe you couldn't wait to get into town or go to the mall with your friends, but Mom wanted the laundry put up, the house vacuumed, and the bathrooms thoroughly cleaned. Basically, all day long. Oh, sure, we thought we might find a way around their directives. Like one of my past friends, whose name was Hugh. According to him, he was sleeping peacefully in the basement on the day he was supposed to be mowing the lawn. Also, according to him... He had a way of looking so cute when he was sleeping, his dad simply could not resist leaving him alone and letting him sleep. Hugh knew this and figured if he could just keep that blessed repose all day long, he could avoid mowing altogether. Well, right after sunset, he emerged from the basement, well refreshed and certain dad would let mowing wait until after church tomorrow. Only thing was, Dad was waiting for him to come upstairs and was ready for him to mow the lawn. 
Hugh immediately replied, But Dad, it's way too dark to mow. His father was prepared for Hugh's objection and immediately handed him a massive flashlight to carry whilst he mowed the lawn in the pitch black dead of night. Hugh could not believe it. His father knew what he was doing and let him walk into the trap of his own devising. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't a dad yet. But when Hugh talked about the shenanigans he could not pull over on his father, I took notes. So many parents seem to have that sixth sense about what their kids are up to. We call it having eyes in the back of their head, or knowing what we're thinking before we do, or simply anticipating our every move. We know now it simply comes from experience, knowing what parts of our personality were just like theirs, and having already lived similar situations, we were just beginning to explore. But in so many cases, they didn't need to check in with us to know how we were doing. They already knew. They were there for us, not because they needed us, but because we needed them. Pastor Moore shared with me this week when we were translating about how he got in a fight in high school. Now, his dad didn't typically debrief from every day like we do with our kids today. It was a little different then. Dads would typically come home and make a beeline for their study, whether it was to have a smoke or a quick drink or just relax with the newspaper for a moment after a long day at work. Everyone in the family simply honored that moment of solitude for them. Well, Pastor Moore was not feeling well about his fight that day. And while he knew not to disturb his father, he still felt drawn to his study where he was looking at the paper. Sitting down next to his recliner where he was reading, Pastor Moore waited patiently for his father to notice. We all know it didn't take long. Before his father looked down from his paper, you need something, son? Sodom and Gomorrah are not the kind of people that we might classify as sons and daughters. But whatever we may have thought of them, Abraham still saw them as his brothers and sisters needing speaking for. And even though we all have that wayward brother or sister that just doesn't seem to want to come home, God knows they still need caring for and will listen when we care about them too. God doesn't come because he needs to. He comes because we need him as well. God comes today to Sodom and Gomorrah because they need him too. They may not think they need him, but they do. And God comes because he wants them to respond, to change the way they think and act, and ultimately to live forever with him. Unfortunately, today only four would leave all those people in both cities. And ultimately, only three of the four would survive because Lot's wife did not look to God. Rather, she looked back to Sodom and Gomorrah and became a pillar of salt. Two more could have come with Lot, his daughter's betrothed in particular, 
But unfortunately, even they could not take Lot seriously and stayed to their utter destruction like all who remained in the cities. And yet, the omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God of the universe came and was there for them anyway. We often look at this passage as the overbearing and less than benevolent God when we read it. Fire raining down from heaven, utterly destroying cities, tends to lead us in that direction. But God's conversation with Abraham proves a completely different point. God proves his willingness to spare his children. Even though two entire cities may be unrepentant in sin, for even just ten repentant sinners, he would gladly spare everyone. But they could not even get one save Lot and his family. His willingness to relent is a theme of compassion that comes through in his son Jesus in the Gospels of Matthew and Mark in chapters 24 and 13, respectively. For God knows that should he shower his righteous judgment on sinners, and if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But in his infinite love for his children, he waited patiently in the kitchen while we were sleeping in the basement and simply delayed our works righteousness to hand us grace through the light of Christ. He showed us that light through his only begotten son dying for our sins which we committed against him. He sent his son to die for every unrepentant sinner. For the unrighteous he died. For those who denied him disobeyed him and rejected him again and again and again. He gave up everything so we could live. Abraham didn't get down to one because when it got down to one, the only one who could save everyone was our Savior, Jesus. This is why we plead for every unrepentant sinner to see their Savior because whether it was through the water of baptism as babies or just someone inviting us to church, someone who knew Jesus pleaded for us as well. No matter who they may be, no matter the distance they are from God, no matter the sins they may have committed, no matter how many times they denied their Savior, no matter how they hurt us, each other, or themselves, no matter how much they just want to remain unrepentant sinners just like we used to be. May the light of Christ shine on ours and their sin too. Amen. Now may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.